Hi everyone, it's a real privilege to have this opportunity to talk to you today. Thank you so much for giving me some of your time. You know, over these last few weeks, we've been hearing about the importance and the relevance of the Bible. Of course, it is treasured by Christians, but I would contend that it is worthy to be read by all. People of other faiths, people of no faith. It truly is a remarkable book, or a collection of books, more accurately. It is God speaking to us through the written page, alongside the many other ways in which he speaks to us. So we've already been on a bit of a journey together. Can we trust the Bible? An emphatic yes. And you'll need to listen to Sarah Richardson's talk about why that is so. Meditating on the Bible, letting it engage with our hearts. So why not have a listen to Ben Whitnell's talk as he helped us to see a way of reading the Bible. Understanding the Bible, wrestling with it, coming to a healthy and reasonable comprehension of the text, what it says, what it means, how we apply ancient writing to today's world. So listen to Steve's talk from last week. Today, we're going to consider how we let the Bible shape our thinking. But alongside this, I think, shape our doing as well. I guess there is a little logic here. We conclude we can trust the Bible. There is good reason for us to read the Bible. We read it, we meditate upon it, and we see the big story of God and how we fit into his wonderful kingdom. We continue to read it and we come to an understanding of what it means to us and for us today. And now we let it shape our thinking. So how are we going to explore this? How are we going to see the process of the Bible transforming our thinking, then influencing our will, our decisions, our choices, our attitudes, and then impacting how we live our lives? Well, how about the simplicity of what did Jesus do? After all, the real transformation comes from following Jesus rather than just reading about him. How interesting that we might refer to the Bible as the word of God on one hand, and then on the other, we also refer to Jesus himself as the word. John, one of the writers in the Bible, describes it like this, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God, as he describes Jesus. So what I want to do today is to take us down a journey which includes these elements. First of all, what does ancient scripture say? Secondly, Jesus reading affirming and honouring the text, then Jesus applying the text, Jesus fulfilling the text through his actions, 
Jesus teaching and empowering his followers to do the same. And then lastly, the imperative for you and for me to follow Jesus' example and to do what he did. And in this way, we will see how the Bible can shape our thinking, not just at a cerebral level, not a, at a theoretical level, but actually in practice. So let's read together an ancient biblical text. Now this was written around 700 BC. So yes, 2,700 years ago roughly. And we're going to read from the book of Isaiah, an ancient prophet to the Jewish nation. So I'm reading from Isaiah chapter 61 and just the first two verses. The spirit of the sovereign Lord is on me because the Lord has anointed me to preach good news to the poor. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim freedom for the captives and release from darkness for the prisoners, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favour, the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all who mourn. And as an aside, can I say this? We can rely on the accuracy of the Isaiah text. Given that the oldest actual biblical manuscript that exists in the world today dates back to around 200 to 100 BC. And it does reflect what we have in the printed Bible today. But we can further rely on the accuracy of this text given that 700 years after this was written, Jesus read these very same words himself. And I'm reading now from Luke's account, another of the Bible writers. This is Luke chapter 4, verse 17. The scroll of the prophet Isaiah was handed to him. Unrolling it, he found the place where it is written, The Spirit of the Lord is on me because he has anointed me to preach good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind, to release the oppressed, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favour. You know, I love the thought that Jesus took this large scroll and he intentionally selected this passage to read out loud to everyone this text from the writings of Isaiah. And in doing so, I feel that Jesus is affirming these written words. He's honouring them. He's showing them respect. But Jesus then takes a step further. He applies the ancient text to the current day and the current situation. He applies the text to himself. He places himself within this story that is being told. I mean, I wonder how many people listening would have been thinking, why are we paying attention to words that were written 700 years ago? Surely these writings are out of date and irrelevant? But no, Jesus states that these words are bang up to date and wholly applicable. Because Luke's account continues like this. 
Then Jesus rolled up the scroll, gave it back to the attendant and sat down. The eyes of everyone in the synagogue were fastened on him and he began by saying to them, Today this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. Okay, easy to say. Now prove it. And the life of Jesus plays out the truth of what Jesus said that day. You know, I think a fair summary of just this short text from Isaiah would be this. Proclaim the good news, set people free. Even in just those couple of verses, the word proclaim or preach is used three times. And then setting people free. The poor, the brokenhearted, the captive, the blind, the oppressed. So did Jesus do what he said? Did he actually fulfill what was written? Were his words backed up with action? There's an interesting story in the Bible book of Matthew, another of the Bible writers. John the Baptist, a present day prophet at the time of Jesus, was in prison. But he managed to get a message out to Jesus. And maybe it was his own difficult situation of imprisonment that made him ask Jesus this question. Are you really the promised one or should we be looking for another? Now, Jesus replied, and this is Matthew's account. Jesus replied, go back and report to John what you hear and see. The blind receive sight, the lame walk, those who have leprosy are cured, the deaf hear, the dead are raised, and the good news is preached to the poor. It's as if Jesus was saying, my actions speak for themselves. I have been proclaiming the good news. I have been setting people free. And as you can see already, I'm painting a picture of scripture playing a central role in the life of Jesus. And it really isn't hard to demonstrate this. For example, when Jesus was faced with direct temptation from the devil, what did Jesus do? Matthew again says, Jesus said to him, away from me, Satan. For it is written, worship the Lord your God and serve him only. Jesus used scripture. It is written. On another occasion, people challenged Jesus with a question. And I think there's a lovely simplicity and yet a depth in how Jesus used scripture in his response. Matthew's account again Hearing that Jesus had silenced the Sadducees, the Sadducees were a sect of people. They followed particular practices and beliefs. And another group, the Pharisees, got together. One of them, an expert in the law, tested him with this question. Teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law? And Jesus replied, Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. Jesus took the scripture of the Ten Commandments, if you like, 
and he gives us a greater understanding by bringing this clarity. We know that God gave ten commandments to his people and Jesus now helps us to see that one of them stands out and stands above the others as the first commandment, the greatest commandment. How obvious it is that Jesus knew the scriptures, he read the scriptures, he interpreted the scriptures and he fulfilled them. Scripture was central in his thinking and in his actions. But let's consider how far this goes. You see, Jesus now teaches, commissions and empowers his followers to do the same. Let's remember what the core of these Isaiah texts were. Proclaim the good news and set people free. And Luke, in his record, records this little story. This is Luke chapter 10, verse 1. The Lord appointed 72 others and sent them two by two ahead of him to every town and place where he was about to go. Heal the sick who are there and tell them, the kingdom of God is near you. If I were to rephrase those verses, it would be something like this. Off you go, all 72 of you, and set people free from their illnesses and diseases and proclaim the good news about the kingdom of God. Jesus wanted the foundational scripture to influence the hearts, minds and actions of his disciples, his followers. He's kind of saying, I'm doing this, now you do it. Now let's, just for a moment, do what Ben suggested a couple of weeks ago. Let's walk around in this story. Let's put ourselves in the middle of this story. And maybe we can ask ourselves a few questions. How easy was it for pairs within the 72 that were sent to do what Jesus did? Did they face opposition? Was their good news story welcomed by everyone? Did they talk to people along the way? Did they knock on the door? What did they say and what did they pray when they were faced with someone who had an illness, a disease, someone who couldn't walk, someone who had leprosy? How did they describe the kingdom of God? What did they say about Jesus? And as you're walking through this story and putting yourself into it and you're asking these questions, just wondering, you see what you're doing? You're asking yourself questions. What do I see? What do I hear? What do I feel? And we're already immersing ourselves in scripture. We're already getting to grips with the Bible story. We're already letting it into our minds. But will we let the word of God influence, shape and transform what we think and what we do? To be honest, we are without excuse. What Jesus instructed his immediate followers to do comes across as an instruction for us, you and me, today, 2,000 years later. I'm reading again from Matthew's account in the Bible. Matthew 28 verse 18, then Jesus came to them and said, 
All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptising them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. So Jesus went about setting people free and proclaiming good news. He instructed his immediate disciples, those followers, to do the same. And that same instruction comes to us. If we immerse ourselves in the Bible further, we will find this principle again and again. We are meant to do what Jesus did. And there's that sense that if scripture, if the Bible was central to Jesus' life, it needs to be so in our lives as well. But Jesus spoke these words. I have set you an example that you should do as I have done for you. And there are lots of examples of this. John 13 verse 14. Now that I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also should wash one another's feet. I mean, what does that mean? Well, actually, reading that verse reminds me of a talk that Esther Champion Howard gave quite some time ago. Her talk was just called Feet. That's an interesting listen. But Jesus also says this, John 15 verse 12, my command is this, love each other as I have loved you. Ephesians 4, be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other just as in Christ God forgave you. And Romans 15, accept one another then, just as Christ accepted you in order to bring praise to God. And if we do what Jesus did, then we are letting the Bible shape our thinking, but in a dynamic and practical way, because we end up following the example that Jesus has set for us. So my very simple conclusion is this. Let's read the Bible. Let's get to know the scriptures. Let the word of God speak to us personally and let it shape our thinking. Let's follow the example that Jesus sets us and let's do what Jesus did. I hope these few thoughts are helpful to everyone and may God bless you loads as you pick up the Bible, as you read it, whether you've got a paper version or it's on your phone, but read it and pay attention to it and, and let it shape your minds, transform your thinking. Let's do what Jesus did. God bless you all. Hope to see you again soon.